Today's the non-tender deadline for Major League Baseball, so we are going to discuss the decision the Tigers have. Who's going to stay? Who's may get non-tendered? We're going to talk about the salary situation with the team a little bit as it stands right now, and then we'll end by talking about Cy Young and MVP. All today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, November 17th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We appreciate you all greatly. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. You can empower yourself by purchasing a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All righty. Well, welcome back, everyone. Hope you are having a fantastic Friday. Happy Friday to all. Uh, So we are going to discuss the non-tender deadline that is if you're listening to this on friday today and if you're listening to this on saturday or sunday then you are probably aware of the decisions that the tigers have made uh there is a list of we're going to talk about eight players uh that could be kind of in the running here uh now the non-tender process right uh there's plenty of guys that could get non-tendered but really the only conversations surround those who are arbitration eligible uh anybody who could get non-tendered that's non-arb eligible is like not much of a discussion because you can just dfa them kind of whenever right like you don't need to non-tender them now you can just keep them around and then they're making you know close to league minimum money so it's really no big deal for the team's perspective obviously all those prices are relatively speaking that's a lot of money to me um but uh but the arbitration process is where you see most of the non-tenders happen. And that is why today we are going to talk about the seven players, I believe, who are arbitration eligible in the Tigers organization and the likelihood of all of them being either tendered or non-tendered. Now, all of these guys uh, still have a monetary settlement to reach. All of these guys still right arbitration is not until after the new year all these arbitration hearings rather are not until after the new year so uh, even if they are brought back they still are either going to go to an arbitrator and have a hearing and talk you know make their pitches about how much all of them deserve to get paid uh MLB trade rumors has his prediction uh, uh his, his projection model and it's usually fairly accurate so uh, we're kind of kind of use that as somewhat of a baseline here, but that is is something to keep in mind. These uh, these numbers are not finalized. If we bring up any dollar signs next to these names, but uh, yeah, I think there's a couple of pretty dare I say fascinating discussions. I know I say that about everything, but uh, I, I do think that there is some some interesting discussions here, and there's some like very non interesting discussions at the same time that are just like very easy slam dunk yeses. So. Uh, without further ado, let's start by talking about who do we want to start with? Let's start with the locks. All right. Let's start with who is definitely going to get tendered. Uh, Jake Rogers, no questions asked. Three years of MLB service is going to go to arbitration for the first time this year. His projected salary, according to MLB trade rumors, is 
thousand dollars. So that is a, a no-brainer, right? That's your starting catcher next year. So there's really no conversation to even be had. Jake Rogers is going to be a prominent part of the offense, uh, prominent part of the defense. He is again the starting catcher. Uh, so there's really no discussion to be had there. Jake Rogers certainly will get tendered. Casey Mize. Three years of Major League Service time. He will also go to arbitration for the first time. His projected salary is $734,200, a little bit more than Jakey Rogers there. Uh, Again, not really much of a conversation. Casey Mize absolutely will be brought back. There's no chance that Casey Mize gets non-tendered. Tarek Skubal, probably the biggest lock on this entire thing, I would say. Uh, Three years of Major League Service. This is his second year of arbitration. Uh, there's, you can get a little kind of finicky with Super 2 status. So if there's a certain cutoff uh, on the amount of Major League Service time you have to have and the amount of production you have, then you can go to arbitration a year earlier. That applies to Akil Badu, who we'll talk about in a second, who's already going to arbitration after just two years of Major League Service time because he does fall into that category. We'll talk about him in a second. So Tarek Skubal going to arbitration for the second time, despite having the same amount of service time as Casey Mize and Jake Rogers. I think he has technically just a few days more than Casey Mize. Uh, that is $743,700 is his projected salary. Again, the biggest lock on the entire board. Uh, Tarek Skubal will obviously be brought back and uh, and barring trade will pitch for your Detroit Tigers. Uh, Trey Winginter was somebody on this list. He is no longer. Uh, Trey Winginter was obviously DFA'd or put on waivers, rather, and then elected free agency. So Trey Winginter was someone who, when we first talked about these projections that came out like a month ago, by MLB trade rumors again, uh, was was someone we talked about then, not going to be someone we talk about outside of this comment right now uh, going forward. So uh, we'll see what happens with Wigginter. I think there's still a chance that the Tigers bring him back on a minor league deal with an invite to spring training, not a 40-man roster position. I think that is still in the cards. I think they kind of like his stuff, but uh, very little command from him last year support the decision to put him on waivers. Not going to be someone that the Tigers have to either tender or non-tender. Uh, now, those are the the locks. Okay, those are the 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 biggest locks on the on the team. There's three more players we have to discuss. Uh, Tyler Alexander also was technically arbitration eligible, was going to be non-tendered. He is obviously now a part of the Tampa Bay Rays organization, so he is also not someone that we are going to bring up. That when we first brought it up a month ago, uh, we did have a conversation about. So. That leaves Austin Meadows, Spencer Turnbull, and Akil Badu. Uh, Akil Badu, we'll talk about now. This is still like the closest thing to a lock without being a lock. I, there's some, I, I'm not even going to call it speculation. There's been some conversations throughout the fan base uh, and, and some writers alike about like maybe there's a chance that Badu gets non-tendered, um, but uh, he has options and, and I can't fathom them not trying to do their due diligence with a trade. And even if they don't trade him, like trying to just continue his development path, he has two options. It's not even like he's down to his last one. This dude, you could send to the minors this year, have him play all year in the minors this year, and then do it again in 2025. Like (laughs) he, he still has multiple options left, which obviously comes up a lot when we're having trade conversations about Akil Badu, but is very prominent in these discussions. And it's why I cannot fathom the Detroit Tigers non-tendering Badu. 
Uh, I'm fully expecting them to do so. Uh, He will go to arbitration because he is super two. So despite only having two years of service time, he will go to ARB. His projected salary is $682,520. Okay. So uh, again, maybe not as much of a lock as the other guys just because of production uh, and like predicted role on the team, right? Like Jake Rogers starting catcher, Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal going to be in the top three in the rotation. Uh, Like, I I guess like he, he may start in Toledo. So there might be some more speculation, maybe we'll call it, but uh, I would be shocked. I would be absolutely flabbergasted. We'll say if Badu was to be non-tendered. So we're going under the assumption that all of those guys are going to be tendered. The next two are where it gets a little bit murkier, okay? And we will have that conversation right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Jace Medical. I just learned today through Jace Medical that you can get a one-year supply of ED medications through Jace. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, etc. Any prescription you have, and this is possible because of our friends over at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com and receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace, quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain, supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit and I feel secure now. Prices are lower, lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this to everyone. Again, that's a verified customer about Jace Medical. So if you or someone you love would love to get a peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKDOWN for $20 off of your purchase. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen. Every single day, shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back on Monday. We'll recap the decisions that were made on Friday, obviously, and then we'll start, uh, well, not start, but we'll continue our off-season conversations that we have been having surrounding the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Yeah, we'll see what the next week has in store store for us. Uh, There's a few more things that we have to discuss about uh, the Tigers offseason. We're going to talk about the salary situation a little bit today. We'll talk about that a little bit more next week as well. But part of the salary conversation comes to the decision or involves rather the decision of uh, who are you tendering and who are you non-tendering? And the Detroit Tigers are currently in a situation where the projected by MLB trade rumors, two most expensive arbitration eligible players are the two biggest question marks on whether you tender them or non-tender them. Those two obviously being Austin Meadows and Spencer Turnbull. We're going to start, start, geez, start, Spencer, start, tripped up there. Uh, We're going to start with Spencer Turnbull. I think that he is probably the definition of a 50-50 toss-up fringe candidate here. I could talk for an hour and a half about the Spencer Turnbull situation this year. I think it is one of the most like not talked about under the radar, just absolutely fascinating storylines in all of Major League Baseball. And I think that if it happened in the New York Yankees organization 
or if it happened in the Dodgers organization. Everyone would be talking about how fascinating and just weird of a situation this was. And it's happening with the Tigers, and the dude hasn't really been that productive and on the field. He's been hurt, obviously, with Tommy John. So it's kind of just been swept under the rug. Uh, This is a guy who threw a no-hitter and then got hurt and then needed Tommy John and then came back this season. And the presumption was that he was going to be a middle-of-the-rotation arm for your team in 2023. I was beyond excited. I, I was one of this dude's biggest cheerleaders since he was in like triple A, right? Like I, Spencer Turnbull's been a guy that, that I've really hung my hat on and, and been very fond of on the mound since he was in the minor leagues. And for him to have just the the, the up and down and roller coaster of uh off the field season that he has had is is mind-boggling given kind of what we were how we were all talking about him or at least how I was talking about him I shouldn't put words in your mouth uh going into the year so he gets he struggles early he get, he's getting rocked consistently getting rocked out there the first month of the season and He eventually has this weird play against the Boston Red Sox. It might have been this, was it the home opener or like the home opening series? It was like early on in the year where he has a comebacker and to get out of the way, he like has to like crank his neck in a really weird like way. And he, he like, I think he stayed in the game for a little bit and then he got pulled or something like, or maybe he pitched the rest of that game and then got put on the injured list and they cited some issue with his neck. And then he was supposed to come back and he was optioned and he was, he was struggling and he got, that's what it was. He, he, that start happens. He gets optioned. Then there's this apparently meeting between Turnbull and Scott Harris where Turnbull then reveals that he's been dealing with an injury, all while Turnbull has switched agents to the most prominent and famous agent in all of sports, in Scott Boris, drops his previous agent, becomes a Boris client, tells Harris that he's been dealing with an injury. So then to protect his service time, they send him to the injured list rather than optioning him and demoting him. He then is on the injured list for a long while, a majority of the season. Then at the end of the year, is supposed to come back and then has a different injury. What what was it like a like a a finger? There, there was at one point there was like a fingernail thing, and, and they're talking about putting him back on the injured list. And and it's just it was one of the weirdest situations I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like that before. In, in my life. And now we're at a situation where everybody is trying to figure out the future of Spencer Turnbull in the organization. I have been pretty staunchly on the side of this dude's getting non-tendered. I just feel like the relationship between, not between Boris and front office, because Scott Boris has a relationship with every front office because he is Scott Boris and he is the best in the world at what he does, whether you like it or not. But I, 
I, I feel like it's very difficult for all of this to happen and then for Turnbull and the front office to just go like, all right, well, go out there in 2024. Let's see what you got. Let's see if you can if you can be like make the club out of camp. And and Harris was asked about Spencer Turnbull specifically in the postseason. Uh, it wasn't even a press conference, media availability, we'll call it. And his comments were basically, we're expecting him to be ready in spring training, and we're expecting him to uh, to compete for a spot in the rotation. Let me get one thing very clear. There is no chance, no chance, that Spencer Turnbull is on opening day in the Detroit Tigers rotation. None. There is zero chance. Now, does that mean he won't start games for the Detroit Tigers this year? Uh, or in 2024, rather? No, I, I can't say that with as much confidence. Opening day starter, there is no way the Tigers front office is like, well, we're going to pencil him in for sure. He's pitched like 30 innings in the last two and a half years. He's now on the wrong side of 30. And he wasn't exactly the definition of lights out, Sands, the, the month that the no-hitter happened, really in his major league career. There's no way that they are planning on him being a legitimately in the conversation for the rotation in 2024. And I think Turnbull and his people are aware of that. I just, look, I say it all the time. I've been wrong before about plenty. I will be wrong about plenty more. I cannot fathom Spencer Turnbull being in this rotation on opening day. What does that mean for his status in regards to being tendered or non-tendered. I do still think it's a 50-50. I think that the Tigers could be like, well, he's under team control. There's nothing he can really do about it, whether he's pissed off at us or not. Uh, and I don't, I, I don't know Turnbull. I don't know if he's pissed off at the team or not. But my point is, I, I think that he, 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 he doesn't have any say in, in team control or how it works. That's just how baseball has always worked. Until you got six years of service, you're kind of, you're, you're, you're stuck there, buddy. All right, so I think that there is a a way for them to tender him. Maybe he comes into camp. They go, hey, why don't you work as a reliever? He's got really good stuff, which is the most frustrating part of the Spencer Turnbull experience. He's got really good stuff. Um, but the command has been wildly inconsistent his entire major league career. So we will see. I think he's fringe at best. I still lean toward them non-tendering him. But if they did bring him back, based on the comments that Harris said and the fact that, I mean, what, you're going to get rid of him for nothing? You might as well try to make him a reliever. Maybe you can try and trade him. He doesn't have much trade value as it stands right now, if any at all. But, like, I understand trying to utilize your assets as well. The kicker here is that his projected salary is 2.1 mil, which is not a boatload. And if they really wanted to just DFA him later or trade him later, that's not a big deal. Um, but that is the second most of all the people we've talked about so far. Spencer Turnbull, wild case. Wild, wild, wild case for sure. All right, uh, let's keep the ball rolling. We got to talk about Austin Meadows. Not too much else to say that hasn't already been said, but we do have to bring it up. We'll talk about that right after this.
All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment three, third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back on Monday, keeping the off-season ball rolling and talk about these decisions that are made. If there's any big surprises or anything on Friday. So uh, Austin Meadows, five years of service, his final year of arbitration, 4.3 mil is the projected salary. Uh, I just... Again, we talked about this yesterday. We talked about this last week. We talked about this numerous times throughout the season. I really don't have a boatload of new conversation points with Austin Meadows. Uh, I wish they do nothing but the best. I, I wish him peace and strength in, in, in the battle that he is very clearly going through. Uh, but when it comes to the decision that the Tigers have to make here, I just, it's really hard for me to think that the Tigers, after two years of him barely playing, that they're going to, they're going to, not even the money, like it, it's it's 4.3 mil projected, which is comfortably the most on the team. That's that's more than double the second most that we've talked about today, right? So, uh, but but even more so than the money, it, it's the roster spot, man. Like I, I just, and I, and I understand that if they do decide to, tender him and take him to arb they can very much do the restricted list thing and that doesn't put him on the 40-man roster while he's on there and it doesn't he and he's not paid for it right like they, they can do that if they want to really like hey this dude's got one year of team control we might as well ride this out i guess i can see a a reality in which that's possible and they do the restricted list thing if he's still not ready to play um but i i just think the more likely route is if they really are like really in love with the idea of trying to give this dude an opportunity and trying to get him back on the field. And they feel like it's their prerogative and uh, to do so. Uh, I think that it's more likely that they would non tender him and then they would re-sign him to a minor league deal where he's not on the 40 man roster, maybe invite him to spring training or something uh, and, and then start him off in Toledo. Because even if he's, like he, he he's over the hill or over the hump with his battle with the anxiety. And even if like all of that goes away, right? Like let's just, let's just enter a world in which that is not something that is preventing him from playing major league baseball anymore. Right. This dude has also not taken very many at bats in the last two calendar years. So even if he, that, that battle is over with him, they're still going to want to ease him into it, right? So I just, I really, and I guess maybe that's what spring training's for. I just, I'm really trying to, I'm having these counterpoints to to try and accommodate like all ends of the spectrum here from the fans' perspective of like some people maybe are trying to, I'm having an argument with myself basically uh, to try and, to try and accommodate all different viewpoints here, but I, I just I have a really hard time thinking that they're going to uh, to, to bring him back to take him to arbitration. Uh, they would side with the team, but like it, it's still going to be higher than everybody else. I I think the most likely scenario here is that he's non-tendered and he's either a free agent or the Tigers again really want to keep him around and, and give him a minor league deal so that he can try to ease back into things. Uh, maybe that's the route, but, uh, even if that is the case, I don't think it's via his final year of service time being picked up. Okay. Again, obviously wishing him nothing but the best, uh, going forward with his, uh, with his battle there he's been going through. 
So that's it. That's the list. I think the only two really big conversations are Turnbull and Meadows. Everybody else, I would be pretty surprised if they weren't brought back. Uh, the only thing I would just want to bring up is that there are around $15 million-ish in uh, in salary that is being discussed between these players. And I just want to point this out really quickly. Not a huge discussion. We may be, Maybe we can go more in-depth on this as we get closer to like when free agents are going to be signed or maybe winter meetings or whatnot. The Tigers' salary last year was, all in all, everything put together was um, – 20th in the league, uh, all, all, not just strictly player salary, but all everything put together is about $120 million. Okay. And that was 20th in the league. So bottom half of the league at 120 mil, the tigers right now, active payroll is $40 million. They only have three players. For the record, the Oakland A's last year had the lowest payroll in baseball, and it was just under 70 mil. It was 68 or $66 million. Tigers' active payroll right now is 40. It's actually technically 39.999. 40 mil. There's only three players on this entire roster that are under contract. Everyone else is arbitration, pre-arb, team control. Everyone else is going to make like four and a half mil or less. That's wild. Javi Baez is making 25 of those 40 mil as well. Mark Hanna, 11 and a half mil. Carson Kelly option picked up for three and a half mil. That's it. That's all the guaranteed money you have. In theory, you could drop this entire roster on Friday. Three people under contract. Now, does that mean that that number is going to stay? No. Again, these people are going to go to arbitration. This number is going to go up. Uh, there's going to be you know millions of dollars thrown around in terms of arbitration. Uh, that that is not a uh, that, that is not a reflection of like on opening day the Tigers are going to have thirty nine million dollars of payroll. Okay, uh, they're we're hoping going to sign some free agents. Uh, trades happen. Blah blah blah. That thing will get back up there, but. The point being that, quote-unquote, get back up there, you could add $20 million to this. It'd be less than what the A's did last year. You'd add $30 mil to it, and you'd be like 29th in baseball. You could double it. You could double it, and it would be still in the bottom 10 comfortably in baseball, if not bottom like 5 to 7. And the Twins just announced their GM – came straight from his lips just announced two weeks ago that they're probably trying to shed payroll. Go win the AL Central. Why not us, baby? I want to talk about Cy Young and MVP just a little bit. Uh, no surprises, really. I kind of agreed with all of it. I know that some people, uh, there are some, some analytics people that were not too fond of Blake Snell winning the Cy Young just because he walks so many people. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of go back and forth on that. I'm as much of a dominate the strike zone. Walks are bad for pitchers, good for hitters guy than than anybody, right? That That's kind of my forte as well. But um, he, does, he didn't give up hits and he didn't give up runs. And at the end of the day, I think uh, walks are something that 
you know, if, if your whip is higher because you walk, so you have a high walk rate, that's something that you can use for predictive stats. You can kind of use that as like, oh, is this a sustainable pace? Is he going to be able to do this all the time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but at the end of the day, if you go through a full season, you don't give up runs. That is the goal. And in this season, Blake Snell, I, I, I gave had <laughs> well, didn't give up runs. Uh, and, and that's at the end of the day, that is the whole point of everything. And anything, any gripe you have against the amount of walks, the amount of walks, geez, the amount of walks a pitcher has uh, is because you're trying to predict his ability to give up or not give up runs. So uh, that that's kind of where I stand. It's kind of a, a walking a fine line of, uh, we'll call it quote unquote old school and new school mentalities there. But uh, I, 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 I'm not mad at the decision there at all. I know, again, some people are. Garrett Cole absolutely deserved AL Cy Young. And then MVP was pretty much a cakewalk. Um, I, I guess I'm somewhat surprised Acuna was unanimous, but like not really. Uh, and then Betts was unanimous second place. And Freeman was uh, almost unanimous, not quite third medal since still a couple of his third place votes there. So, uh, but that's pretty much all I expected it to go. Congratulations to everybody, obviously. Uh, Otani winning AL MVP unanimously, the least surprising thing ever. Yeah, I, I it all went about as I expected. There was there wasn't any curveballs in there when it came to the four the four big boys being uh, both Cy Youngs and MVPs. So uh, congratulations to everybody. I miss when there was Tigers in consideration here. I just miss getting votes. You know, like th- we didn't even re- have anybody receive like a Cy Young vote or or, uh, or an MVP vote. And like I don't I don't think we deserved one. Uh, and maybe you could argue Tarek Skubal. Maybe you lob him like a tenth place Cy Young vote for the American League. But like. I don't think we deserved one. Uh, so I'm not like whining about like, oh, like we got, you know, like hosed or anything. But I, I just, I miss it. I, I miss, I'm not even like, oh, I, I wonder who's going to win the award. Like obviously that feeling is is awesome. And I miss that greatly. But even just like looking at the votes after and just seeing like, oh, there's three Tigers. That was fun. You know what I mean? Oh, there's some down ballot, you know, 12th for MVP this year is going to be our, whatever, our second baseman, our left fielder is going to be, you know, whatever, I guess left field is probably a bad example because we had nothing for left field when during, uh, even during the golden years back from 06 to 14. But like, you know, I just miss being in the conversation. Nothing. Didn't get a single vote for a single award. The Tigers, nothing for Cy Young, nothing for manager. Nothing for MVP, nothing for Rookie of the Year. Didn't get a single vote. Holton, I guess you could argue maybe should have gotten like, I don't know, a fifth place. I don't don't even know. Fifth. Can you vote past fifth in in Rookie of the Year? I feel like you can't. I feel like it's only a top five voting thing. If it's top ten, maybe you could argue give him him an eighth or a ninth or a tenth place in Rookie of the Year. But I don't know. Just something I wanted to just like reminisce about. Kind of miss it. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back on Monday, baby. Appreciate you all greatly. Thank you for the continued support of the show through the offseason. I love our community so much. Uh, I will never take it for granted. I will never take you all for granted. I appreciate you all greatly for listening and allowing me to be a part of your lives every day. That is how I view it. I take it very seriously, and I appreciate and love all y'all. All right, peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all Monday, baby. Go Tigers.